And this perception of food being cheap, food should be cheap, like selecting the food that I want based on the fact that it, on two criteria, it's the food item that I, that I want and that it is, you know, in my budget. It is, it is in the budget that I'm setting aside for food, the way that I want to invest in food. And so by presenting food as though it can be this cheap, then you, it's completely understandable that you have a whole, uh, you know, several generations of people who believe that that's how it should be. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Inner Wealth, the Forbes Ignite podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Kakal, CEO of Forbes Ignite. And every week I'll be sharing with you my conversations with unique, creative, and innovative people across all different industries. These are people who are intellectually curious explorers who are also redefining what it means to be successful today. From personal to professional, we cover it all to understand what drives our guests to blaze their own trails and create nimble solutions within the industries that touch each of our lives. Our guest today is Chef Maxime Bilay, the founder of ARCA and the food education nonprofit called Hungry Owl. He is also the co-author of the James Beard award-winning book, Modernist Cuisine, The Art and Science of Cooking. Speaking with Maxime is always so much fun because there's a lot you can learn from a chef. He is a true creative when it comes to approaching challenges, and he brings in so much inspiration from so many unlikely places. Apart from his culinary expertise, what I respect the most about him is his awareness of other people and the world around him. We talk about everything from the problems with the current food system, how we might be able to address them, and how we can use food as a fundamental part of our whole education system. I know you'll love what he has to say. Here's our chat. All right. So thank you so much, Maxine, for joining me. It's so great to have you. And I've been looking forward to this conversation for so long. It's finally here. So how have you been? How's it going? I'm great. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you. And, uh, you know, likewise, I'm looking forward to sharing, uh, you know, any insights I can on our, our future uh, relationship with food. Yeah. You always have so much perspective that I... I... Unless we want to talk about, you know, house building and... And puppies and <laughs> skip, skip the food What's together. The many, the many talents that you have. Yeah. <laughs> right before this call, we were talking about how you're building a library mm-hmm. where you have such a high attention to detail. And I'm thinking, yeah, I need like five Maxims to like come help me with my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you might be able to get one. You know, that's, that's all I can promise. <laughs> But no, it's, um, I always learn so much from you and every single conversation that we have, I always feel like we got to get you on a podcast. We got to get you on a podcast now. So it's finally here. And I am so glad. Oh no, that's, that's way too much pressure. I don't know if I can <laughs> you know, deliver on these expectations, but I will, I will, uh, I will do my best. Not at all. Oh, and it's always a bonus to see your dog, Nora. She always makes a cameo. Um, yeah, I'm sure she'll pop in again. Um, but yeah, I'm really glad that you're able to join. And um, how are you doing amidst all those wildfires going on? And I'm really sorry that you have to go through that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I feel much, I mean, it's, you know, we're getting, uh, you know, this, this strange air pollution where, you know, it's sort of end of days when you're looking out the window, it's sort of foggy yellow. Um, and, and according to the weather experts that, you know, or air, air quality experts, it's toxic. But it's nothing compared to all those those very I uh, feel very very badly for all those people who had to abandon their homes, who uh, you know who saw their homes burning, who um, you know were completely displaced, and and or who were who had to live in 
in, uh, in air conditions, which were off the charts, uh, toxic and, and had nowhere else to go. So it's just, yeah, we had it, e we had it easy, uh, comparatively. So. Yeah, no, I'm glad, I'm glad that you made it through relatively unscathed, but it is, it is quite a lot to handle. Um, you're located. Just 2020, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the year it, that keeps on giving, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, all of these events and all these, um, you know, troublesome human you know relationships you know it, it's all coming from that same same place that we, we're, we're we've taken too much we're taking too much you know coronavirus is you know, we, we go into the to the, these these wilderness areas and we take and we want to eat these things that we have no business eating and certainly don't serve any true purpose we we raise all these forests and in, in these areas that, that that you know depend on them for uh, their, you know, a, a balanced ecosystem where you don't have these wildfires that can grow. So it's it's all about us, you know. I think you know, relearning how to relate to nature. Yeah. You know, and, and likewise, you know, I think with what we've been working on, relearning and rethinking these concepts. It's it's just it's just like it, we all know from experience that the, these things are finite. And so we have to we have to just respect our resources. Yeah, we have to rethink, like like you just mentioned, um, the initiative that we're working on together. We're not just rethinking on just how to find balance and reimagining how the food system works, but we're doing it so that we're finding a more equalized, more a more equitable ecosystem for everybody. So tell me more about your thoughts around that and what you've discovered so far since we started working together. Yeah, I mean, it, it, our relationship with food is is so. I mean, it is the most fundamental need for our people, right? I mean, food and water. Uh, but but as you know, in terms of 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 all the other roles it plays as a means of celebrating, as a means of uh, nurturing and sharing, feeding. You know, it's an expression of care. It's an expression of pleasure of 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 the things that we you know we we we, we desire. We we uh, you know, we have affinity for, we, we, we have a language around, we communicate through, we, uh, you know, and it's, a, and it's, and it's, a, it's a massive business because of that. I mean, you have to really consider every area here. And when we're talking about empathy, uh, in the, in the food system, you know, it, it's really, uh, quite layered. Yeah. What are some of those layers that are top of mind for you? Uh, I mean, so, so I was actually watching a documentary, uh, this morning and it, and it really has to do with um, the large, you know, sort of industrial food complex, and how subsidies, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, the the things that have been subsidized that are being subsidized are certainly not the foods that that benefit us uh, uh, from our, our personal health perspective, and certainly not the you know massive volume in which they are grown. Um, certainly does not benefit our environment. So when we look at the roots of our food system or of, our, of any food we have, we look at land and, and, and the way in which we are using land and, and, and why we're using the land that way to, to grow the livestock that we do is not an expression in any way of empathy for a future <laughs> that, that is sustainable. Uh, you know, for the people, there's this sort of, this is idea, you know, maybe it's the conspiracy mind or, I mean, these like sort of you know, dark-minded people in a boardroom who are controlling this. It's it's just human beings, and they're just doing they're doing their jobs. They're they're sort of continuing to to be part of it of a system that didn't mean to be bad. It didn't mean to be evil. It's 
It was innovation. Oh, look what we can do. Yeah, that is a really excellent point. That is really fundamental. That at the end of the day, we're all human. We're all human beings that are operating from our own belief systems, our own ways of viewing the world, and the environment where in which we were brought up. And so that manifests into how we treat the planet, how we treat the environment that we're in, and how we interact with other people. And that all culminates into a big system. That just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and a lot more difficult to be able to unravel. And we're at this inflection point right now. And you're talking about the wildfires that are happening. We're talking about coronavirus. And as a as a result, there's all of these shifts that have to happen, especially in the food system that you're just talking about, because there's all sorts of inequities that are that are apparent. But what is the string that we pull to unravel this huge Knotted system of inequality. Oh, you want me? You want me to provide you with the solution for the future, right? You know, like I know you have the solution. I'll tell you, I got this. That's exactly what we got to do. <laughs> you know, there's no like, there's no like the head of the snake, or there's no. It requires a, a multi-pronged approach. It just requires to understand, okay, what uh, at each layer, what is the you know, what are the what are the main issues, and then. You know, then you start to paint the picture of how do these correlate between the different layers, and 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 you know, at the end of the day, I think there's you know, you, you look for those multi, you know, like like win win win, you know, certain solutions that uh, work for one of those layers will work for multiple. So so you know, that's and when you identify those, you know, I'd say those are the the key ones to um, to hone in on. Yeah. And we've talked about that, you know, and we and we and in conversations uh, surrounding um, the 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 issues of equity and, and, and empathy in food service. You know, I think we've, we've definitely brought up uh, several items that um, that that go, you know, uh, fully uh, upstream and downstream. Um, you know, in terms of, of resolving some of those um, problematic relationships that we have with with food and, and, and food systems. Mm-hmm. Exactly, we were. In our work, we were talking about the value system or the lack thereof, really, the lack of value um, from the people who are enjoying or consuming the end product of the people that are creating and supplying the food as well. So there's a huge ecosystem that's in place right now, but just because it's been that way forever doesn't mean it has to continue or we have to sprint back to how it used to be pre-COVID. You know, talking about looking at the, the full spectrum and how and how you know, identifying one issue, uh, certain issues can help you see how they how they translate throughout you know th- that entire system. Um, th- th- this principle that has been applied in, in the states for you know for at least since World War II, where large large industry and government subsidies have together. Uh, allow for this perception that food can be cheap, that, that food is cheap, but you can have a dollar burger that, 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 that is viable as a sustainable way of, of eating for a culture is false. And, and you know, and I, I can understand why that happened initially, right? You're developing these very interesting forward thinking systems, these ways of manufacturing. So it's, it's, all, it's all progress from, from one perspective. But when, when it becomes warped by, you know, sort of like when politics and business and historic events sort of converge like that, you can, you can have these precedents that 
that are not the precedents you want to base a whole future on. It cheapens your perception of what it takes to, to make it, what it, the, the, the work that it takes to, to, to whether it's, you know, the, the in retail prepared food products or in, in uh, restaurants, uh, fast food and, and uh, you know, and, and, and any, and any other you know, uh, type of restaurants above it. Um, that 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 that, they, that the people who produce it, the people who serve it, are uh, you know are just as like a limited value that that the to instant than that that food has. Yeah. So tell me about the solutions here. We were we were, we were talking about. The- oh no, problems are great. No, problems are easy. Talking about the problem is so easy, right? <laughs> well, one of the solutions is really identifying these root causes. Right. And, and really find those threads that you know may be invisible, but that can be elucidated uh, by that investigation. Um, it, it, that that is that is one of the the, the key solutions is to do that work. Mm-hmm. Saying that the U.S. population is is becoming ill because of of the type of food. you have all of these illnesses. It's all food related: blood, uh, high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, heart disease. It, it, it's all food related you know every population pre you know sort of the the standard american diet that um you know that hadn't adopted the hadn't adopted it never had those issues as soon as the standard american diet is adopted by another country illnesses uh, appear so so that's i mean that's it's, it's terrible it's what we want to change but that's a known right how how does that continue right even though we know that how, how, how do we culture, what in our culture allows that to be despite the fact that we know that already? Yeah. Yeah. So questions like that, just really getting to the roots. Yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. The way that we start to unravel this is really asking questions that get to the root cause. And what are, how do we culturally affect or inform the humans in our society to understand what these root causes are? that we're starting to unravel. So I'm really curious to hear about the work that you're doing specifically in your nonprofit, um, Hungry Owl, it's called, right? Yeah, so Hungry Owl, so, so we're, in, we're in process of um, implementing it. It's, it's, a, it's a project that I, I have had great passion for for, for, for several years. You know, so, so, so I believe that the didactic model, I mean, the didactic model of education is uh, problematic in so many ways, and all, all the data will tell you that families where the children are encouraged to really just like learn by like like memorize things, and, and, and that, that that none of that information really uh, is translated into uh, the, the sort of the ideal expression of owning that information of, of of really like learning it because you connect to it because you know it it means something to you, and therefore you start to you know, it, it brings insights. Um, so the, the didactic model is, is, is you know, it, it's proven to be very limited in, in how, uh, in how it, it impacts uh, students, you know, uh, of, of any age. The, the experiential model, uh, that model, the, 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 the uh, information retention is, you know, goes from like, I think it was like, I think for didactic, it's like 10%, yeah. 12% uh, to like 65, 70%. Regardless of your so, uh, so socioeconomic status, that's mind blowing. So food for me is is that 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 bridge between 
um, the didactic model of, of, of education and the experiential because you can, I mean, I remember in, in my, my Lycée Francais, my high school, where nine hours of just straight uh, classes uh, with you know, teacher uh, uh, just giving you a bunch of data and, <laughs> and you're, but, but we did have this uh, American teacher in one of our uh, English classes I remember we were doing Chaucer and, and in Chaucer time, you know, in those old, old uh, British times that there's a lot of food description. And so we, we made, we made a dish from, from, oh, from cool. the Canterbury Tales. And the food was terrible because what, one, we were not necessarily very good at, at cooking, but also at that time, the, you know, the f- foods were very bland. There was like lots of spices in the So they would put a bunch of spices and, you know, randomly in things. And it was just, you know, it's kind of strange food, but, a wonderful experience, right? And and that stepping back to that, it's like so. But that was an English lit class, so it's it's not like we're saying, okay, if we're going to be in a biology class, and maybe you know, or maybe go in the garden and uh, and, and grow a plant. No, you, it, in any topic, food can be brought in to highlight whether it's the, it's a historical context or in your history class. In uh, obviously in all the sciences, it, it, it's uh, it, it, there's a the, the correlation is clear. But in, 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 we, can talk, we, can, we can talk in art class, we can talk in, in math class. I mean, in any of these classes, you can bring that experience in and it's familiar yes. and it's sensory. So, so, so you, 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 your mind is, your emotions are working and your, your, your sensory, all of your sensory elements are being triggered. So that, these, are, these are memorable, memorable moments. So Hungry Out, the principle... Uh, of it has been to uh, create curriculums that really, really, you know, I, not just stay, oh, you can put food in everything, it's great. It's really, you know, breaking it down and providing, uh, you know, the, 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 the overall structure of how it would look and then uh, having a lot of uh, very specific uh, curriculum, um, uh, you know, guidelines uh, guides and, and examples and, and sort of and the standard uh, experiments or, 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 you know, food experiences that you can introduce for each, each topic that are core versions that can be, that we can provide uh, elementary schools with uh, to begin with. That is amazing. That is, that is incredible. So a nonprofit that's all about experiential food education, just really just triggering all the senses. And that really excites me. The way that you described um, how you, you in your English lit class where you had to cook something um, based on the Canterbury Tales, uh, that that makes me want to take the class. And, <laughs> and well, but, uh, but I promise you, not not to eat the food. It, it was. <laughs> I mean, it makes me want. It makes me wonder how do I get involved with Hungry Owl? You so you're based just right outside of Seattle, is that right? Yes, just just south of Seattle. Um, and so, yeah, just for the for, for, for context with Hungry Owl, we're we're uh, yeah we're we're in process of, of, of bringing that to, to life. So I'd say within um, by end of spring twenty twenty one, it'll be active. That is um, exciting. Yes. So yeah, because it's it's a it's a passion project, and and it's something that I've you know I've wanted to do ever since uh, having you know after having published the modern cuisine books. But it requires a lot of understanding of of, of you know. It's not just it's not just to provide a curriculum example that you know does not consider how public and private 
school curriculums are are you know currently run we really have to you know it, it, this is this is part of these constructive solutions mm-hmm. you know we can blue sky things and and it's important to blue sky and and just look at everything that's possible no there, there should be no boundaries in that initial conceptualization of of what are the things that how it can food be brought into all of these different um uh you know uh, uh topics um uh, th- and then you have to really format it to into the into these active contexts otherwise you know it's a great idea and it's and it look and it sounds great and you know and you can you can talk about it to everyone and everyone's like wow that's great but then it really doesn't you know it never gets adopted it's not something that that's functional so it, you know you have to it's you know form and function um you know are are are, are the and it's the, it's the nitty-gritty at that point you, know, you have to really hone in on all the, the, that that alignment with uh, with with current uh, curriculums yeah you know i am really confident that um your the way that you've defined and designed the methodology um that you'll be implementing with hungry out is going to make a huge impact and i'm really excited about it please keep us updated absolutely i'm really excited to be involved any way that i can and help any way that i can and so I'm sure a lot of people will be excited to hear more about it as well. So, and and that's what and that's why it's been such a pleasure, you know, being connected with you because it's, you know, at some point, uh, I, I'm an optimist. I, I my passion will will never die, regardless of you know all the, the the negative examples you see in the world. But there is, you know, this this the, this community of of like-minded, like-hearted people who 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 don't just see food and you know as a business. Because the business is very important, yeah, like that respect for the business, that it's it's sustainable is, is essential to to carrying any of these uh, uh, um, projects. But if you can if if you can see that it, it can be both, should be both, um, you know that's it, you know it, it's it's there, it's there for for the taking, it's there for the for the for the um, uh, you know for, for being manifested. But it does require a community people to uh, support one another and to contribute their um, expertise, their, uh, their energy, just their time uh, to, to really, um, you know, give it life. Right. It requires everyone's support, everyone's belief, and it's all out there. It's all out there for the taking. I love that. Indeed. Yeah. Well, Maxime, it was wonderful speaking with you. I'm so glad we got to catch up. I feel like we need to continue this conversation definitely again very soon. I would love to. Yes, I mean it's it, the, the you know the, the range of topics that um, the elements that we're discussing. You know the range of topics that that these these um, uh, this philosophy and that these solutions can uh, likewise you know uh, align with you know are huge. So yeah, this is just a, a little snippet of of uh, what's possible. Exactly, we just barely scratched the surface. Mm -hmm. So yeah, really happy to have connected with you and we will do this again soon. So thank you so much. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of Inner Wealth. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and that you'll join us next week as we continue to explore all the ways success is being redefined in our ever-changing world. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on your favorite podcast app. And follow us on Instagram at Forbes Ignite for more thought-provoking content and opportunities to engage with us. I'm your host, Nicole Kakal. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>